Berov Shira Vezimra, Mashiach now, with an abundance of song and music and rejoicing and celebration. May we bring the arrival of the Mashiach forward hastily in our days. So these are the words of the Rebbe, Berov Shira Vezimra. And it's beautiful because we need a lot of that uh, during this time, which, you know, it seems like the closer we get to the Mashiach's return, it's like more sadness, more things to make us distressed and distraught. Well, this is the time we should actually begin to celebrate. Number one, we're headed into Shabbat Para. Then we'll be headed into Shabbat Chodesh, HaChodesh which is like renewal on renewal. It's like the source of all Rosh Chodeshim. So the source of all renewal. And a few weeks ago in the Bet Medrash, I spoke on the Jewish wisdom of the numbers about Rosh Chodesh being likened to us being born again every month. So every 30 days, we go through a full process of birth all the way to death. And in Judaism, death is the beginning of a new cycle of life. So upon our passing away, we actually enter into a new realm of life. And basically with each of the months on the Hebrew calendar, we go through a full cycle of life, as it were, symbolically. So to teach us that every time something seems like it's coming to an end, it's actually a new beginning which is very fitting for this Torah portion, uh, Parsha Shmini, for this week to coincide with Parsha Para because the one who gets sprinkled with the ashes of the Para Ha-Aduma, which is the red heifer, the ashes of the red heifer, they do experience life from death because at the point before they're actually sprinkled, they have a seven-day period, and then on the eighth day, they're purified. They get sprinkled on the third and the seventh day with the the waters uh, or the mixture, I should say, because there's a lot of uh, different parts to the ashes of the red heifer and what's actually sprinkled on the person. But blood and water are among <laughs> the main ingredients, which I think is so fitting since at the Akedah of Mashiach, there was blood and water that poured out from his side. And he was also outside the camp so to speak, outside the precinct of the temple courtyard where he was offered up. But at this point, before the person is sprinkled with this mixture, they are considered dead, impure, cut off, separated, broken. And this is the state that we're all in right now. So much so that there's a debate that should we be really going up the temple mount these days since we're in a state of impurity? And before we can even think about the third temple and get it here and get into it, we have to have the red heifer. And they actually talk about the fact of needing uh, to have red heifers ready to go. And according to uh, one of the sources that my Havruta was sharing, that we the plan is to have at least three ready within the next year and a half. And there was an incident where some of the red heifers that they had, they were not sure uh, what happened, but some of the hairs turned black and then they turned red again. So that was interesting. So we have a lot of things that continue to point to uh, the exile winding down.
So I wanted to read from the Baal HaTorim this week from Parsha Chukat. This is on page 1584, if you have the Baal HaTorim Humash, uh, for Parsha Chukat, which is in Bami Bar. So get your numbers do your numbers um, humash out for Bahatur. And it says he shall gather. This is speaking on verse nine of the Torah portion. It talks about a pure man should gather. But what's interesting about this is the Ishtahor, the one who gathers in everything, they actually become impure in the process. And it's amazing because he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. That's uh, an allusion, if you will, to the red heifer uh, concept. So the Torah brings down on ve asaf, which is the word for shall gather. The Mesoretic note is gimel means this word appears three times in the Tanakh. It appears here, Ve'asaf Ishtahor, a pure, a pure man shall gather. It also appears, Ve'asaf Hamzorah, and the Metzorah shall gather. Which, if you know what a Metzorah is, it's coming up uh, actually, not next week, but the week after, because... Tazria and Medzora are usually read together, but they're going to be broken up this year as far as the Torah portions go. But um, there's a little bit about uh, Za'arat and what that skin affliction actually is and in Parsha Tazria. So kind of next week, but really the week after we'll get into that. Bezrat Hashem. But the person who is afflicted with Za'arat is called a Medzora. So it goes on to say, this is from 2 Kings 5.11. The footnote brings down, this verse records Naaman's complaint after he had expected the prophet Elisha to recite a prayer that would miraculously cure his za'arat. And it says, Naaman was chagrined or chagrined, C-H-A-G, R-I-N-E-D or R-I-N-E-D yeah I don't know I've never heard this word before but it's interesting it goes on to say so he was basically I, I think that's the word for he was hot he was lit he was incensed uh, he says when instead of granting him an audience and praying on his behalf Elisha sent him a messenger so it's like bro don't disrespect me like that and it says, go bathe seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will return to, to normal and you will be cleansed. It's important to note one of the customary ways to immerse in a mikvah to do tevila mikvah uh, is to actually immerse either three times or seven times. And it goes to say, because when you really look at the, the mikvah and the correlation between purification and especially with the para ha'aduma, which is the third and the seventh day. You have the three and the seven going on. Like, that's really crazy. And also, Shvile Pinkus, uh, Shlita, brings down this week that the uh, reading of the section of the Torah about the red heifer purifies us like a mikvah. It goes on to say, Naaman was enraged and left. He said, 
Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call in prayer in the name of Hashem, his God, and wave his hand over the afflicted area, and the Medzorah would gather. Second Kings 5, 10-11 Now what's amazing about this is you can kind of see a tikkun for this because Naaman wasn't technically of uh, Jewish lineage, and when you really look at what was going on here, that when in the Basora, the Mashiach is approached by a non-Jew about healing someone in his house, he was like, well, I actually, I don't want you to come to my house if you'll just dispatch a word. And this kind of amuna, like really impacted the Mashiach and said, never have I seen faith like this in the house of all Yisrael. And here it is that Naaman has an opportunity to understand, by the way, Elisha, his full name is Elishua, like my God is salvation. But uh, yeah, so he was like, I need him to come out here. I need him to wave a hand. I need like miracle on miracle. I don't need to go do something so natural. And this is the thing. That's the way miracles actually last is when they happen in the natural when there's not this overtly miraculous thing going on, it actually makes a deeper impact. For instance, the Yom Suf, uh, Mount Sinai, those all were like, boom, big, powerful. But you know what makes a deeper impact? Let's talk about the budding of Aharon's staff. That staff is still with the jar of manna in the ark. Then you have the fact that the the occurrence of Mount Sinai took place in the temple every day so that through a temple service, which was over 400 years, one was 410 and the other one was 420 as far as the length. So you have over 800 years worth of miraculous activity that took place in the natural. And here we are 2000 years later, still reminiscing about the temple, missing it it's deeply uh, burned into our hearts and uh, we're longing for it. So that's something to point out as far as like the way that the, the miraculous happens in the natural. So with what Naaman would actually do, this would actually make a deeper impact on him. He would actually do some things that would cause change in his actions as opposed to I got a wand waved over me, and now I'm good. I can just go about my day. And this is what we have to understand, too, about the Akedah of Mashiach ben Yosef, is that, yes, there was a lot of things that were um, amazing about it, the resurrection and all of that. But the, the deeper thing is, this was embedded in human flesh, in a natural course of events. If you inflict enough damage to the human corpse, the human body anyway, not corpse, but the human body, the soul will leave. You know, you lose enough blood, you faint, you don't eat, you know, you don't drink, and you you end up getting to a point where you do actually pass away. And but besides starving to death, because remember the last time the Mashiach ate was really at the Sether when he had that with his Talmudim the night before the garden. So from that point on, he really didn't have time to eat. 
And on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Haggadol doesn't eat. And he's been going through the arduous process of all of the service of that particular day on an empty stomach. Plus, he stays up all night. He doesn't go to sleep. What we try to strive to do on Shavuot, stay up all night, study the Torah, that's what the Kohen Gadol actually does on the night of Yom Kippur. So I don't know about you, but staying up all night and fasting and then doing a lot of physical activity, especially the skilled, um, the fine motor skills that it took to, uh, to do and perform for the Yom Kippur service, that's a lot. So think about that with the Mashiach having to carry the beam, having to endure being punched and whipped and beaten, spit at and uh, hurled insult after insult at him. So, but he basically submitted himself to death as Shaul so wonderfully iterates. He was submitted to death, like as a humble servant. And this is our king. Our king humbled himself to the form of a servant and said, you know what? That which I'm actually here to begin the tikkun process on, I'm going to submit to that as well. So anyway, it's just interesting to think about the the incident here with what Elisha tells Naaman. Go do the immersion. Do the mikvah. That's your purification. So it goes on in the Baha Torum, and it says that the other occurrence is Ve Asaf Nidche Yisrael, and he will gather the castaways of Yisrael. Isaiah eleven twelve. The similarity of the expression here and in Kings alludes to the Talmudic statement: A metzora is likened to a corpse. Netherim 64b, four are considered as dead, a poor person, a metzora, a blind person, and one who is childless. Those are all considered to be dead people. Think about all the miracles that the Mashiach did. So he was already raising the dead by healing people with these afflictions. And then it goes on to say, Moreover, just as the ashes of the red cow impart purity, so too the prayers of the righteous impart purity. I seen from Moshe's prayer in Numbers twelve thirteen for his sister Miriam when she contracted Zaharat. Through the prayer of Moshe, purity was brought forth. So through the prayers of the Zadik, Moshe Rabbeinu, Za'arat, was cured and healed. And you think about the times that the Mashiach healed Za'arat in the Basora, And how the Mashiach was telling his Talmudim that sometimes it takes a little bit more to banish afflictions from the human body. In the particular context, he mentioned demons where they were trying to remove a demon from someone. And the Talmudian were like, why didn't it work when we did it? He's like, this one takes prayer and fasting. So you think about the power and the potency of the Mashiach to where he's actually able to impart purity to Za'arat, just like Moshe Rabbeinu did.
And then it goes on to say, and the similarity of expression in the three verses alludes also to the time of the Mashiach, and he will gather the castaways of Yisrael in the future, at which time the Medzora shall gather, i.e. will be cured. And it is written, Az, which is then, Yed, Yedaleg Ke'ayil Pisek Piseach. Wow. Yidaleg, so like skipping, my goodness, and shall skip Keayil Piseach. Then the lame man will skip like a gazelle, Isaiah 35, 6. This is exactly what happened in Acts when Kepha was approached by the man at the beautiful gate and he said, hey, can you heal me? Or actually he was just asking for his DACA. And Kepha says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. And all of a sudden, bam, this guy is skipping like a gazelle and hopping down to the temple. And everybody's like, why is this guy here? You know, he's causing trouble. Someone's teaching in the name of Yeshua who did it. Bring them forth. They shall be flogged. And it's just kind of like, okay. So the fact that a messianic prophecy just got fulfilled. And all we want to do is tear it down. See, this is the other thing, too, that there's a lot of hostility that has to get dealt with as we finish the exile. This is why Berov Shirov Azimra is the answer. Increase our song and our rejoicing. Start singing the Gunin. There's a beautiful story about the Alter Rebbe when they wanted to bring him in to test his learning because Hasidism was or Hasidism was kind of brand new and many people were staunchly against it. And they were actually wanting to bring him in and make fun of him and things like that. But as they were uh, accosting him, he, he started singing a Nagoon. And everybody was kind of like, wait, what? And before the end of the Nagoon, everyone was singing it together. And then he was actually able to share and then that opened up the room for being able to actually receive that it's actually kosher what he was talking about what he's learning you may not agree with the sect but oh it's it's still kosher legit judaism so this is the other thing like with what we do like especially as followers of mashiach yeshua knowing that he is the mashiach ben yosef and we're waiting for the appearance and the revelation of mashiach ben david like this is this is the shalom that has to be made among all Yisrael. <laughs> there is a Mashiach ben Yosef in every generation, potentially. But even so, the Akidah, the Mashiach Yeshua, was meant and intended for the whole entire world, Jews and non-Jews alike. So going on to say... It says in the Baal Haturim, and at that time they will no longer need the ashes of the red cow. As it is written, it's written in Ivrit Bila Hamavet La Netzach. Wow. And shall swallow up death forever, perpetually, like for eternity. Which is interesting because Netzach is actually one of the attributes of the uh, the ten attributes of Hashem, the Sefirot. One of the attributes of the Sefirot is Netzach. 
So the swallowing of death will be accomplished through Netzach, which if you remember, Netzach corresponded to Moshe, which is directly opposite of Hod, which is like acknowledgement, confession, like conducting like a conductor. And then uh, Hod is the root of Hodaya, which is to be thankful. When you put those two together, they enter into what is known as Yesod, which is foundation. And that's the Zadik. So when we talk about the Zadik, he includes within himself Moshe and Aharon. And Yosef is the uh, the one who is synonymous with the Sphira of Yesod. So basically, when we're looking at the swallowing of death, we're looking at the aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu over here and eternity and what is going to occur with death is all happening kind of in this area. And these are the two legs of prophecy, Netzach and Hod. And we read about this in the Shalosh Sudot, which is the third meal. Uh, we read that in the Zimrot of that time. But anyway, I uh, didn't really intend to go into that, but it just kind of hit me that uh, La Netzach is amazing, that that's where the swallowing of death will occur with with into that Sphira. So to uh, basically read the footnote, it says the ashes of the red cow serve only one purpose to cleanse the impurity brought about through contact with a corpse. But in the days of the Mashiach, God will swallow up, i.e. destroy the concept of death and its accompanying impurity. We're in the process of this now. And Bezrat Hashem, it is brought to its fulfillment and completion speedily in our days. Shabbat Shalom. May you have an excellent Shabbat Parah. And we look forward to heading towards Pesach and the final Geula. May this exile end now, Mashiach now.